At one point, Suzanne's like, you have to stop. She was like embarrassed of us because we were just being so degenerate. Yeah. So that that's a little it's bit of that. It's tennis industry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for the, you wanted per, the personal, insight, right? personal story. <laughs> Drugs, partying, and gambling all in one story. <laughs> Welcome to Shankcast number 28. Welcome, Matt and Mark. Vente Ocho? Is that? Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I'm okay. not smart enough. All right. <laughs> you are correct. That's a good attempt. <laughs> okay. Or maybe you got it right. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'll Google it later. Welcome back. Really excited to be back. Today, we're going to be talking about secrets of working at a tennis club. In other words, what are... Like, Matt and Mark and myself have spent a lot of time working at tennis clubs. We're all going to share some stories today that we think <laughs> would be surprising to members where if we clubs. still worked at a tennis club and this podcast got out we would probably get a talking to from hr <laughs> best case scenario yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking to yeah um who wants to start <laughs> <laughs> well I'll start, I'll start off a little bit mild um and this is coming from the business and it side right um every single software and overall system that tennis clubs use for memberships, reserving court times, billing clients is 100% garbage. It is outdated. Someone in a foreign country. Yeah, yeah, no, I do want to rant about this because, first of all, HTML HTML crap is crap. So whatever the people see behind the front desk, it is the ugliest piece of garbage that you've ever seen. And it should be developed by someone in sixth grade that wants to become a computer scientist. Second of all, reserving... The last club I was at still used paper court sheets. Is that, was that a country club? Yeah. <laughs> so but I, that was like 10 years ago. Hopefully they're not still yeah. doing... Hopefully. But they still could be. I, yeah, 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 I don't, you don't know. know. Like, what if someone writes the wrong thing down? Or what if someone loses the piece of paper? Like, what the heck? Happens to no, the it's, embar- it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Ten- yeah, tennis in general, tennis clubs, technologically, are just way behind the curve. So I would suggest anybody that's listening to this, always always, always look at your statements from the tennis club because they might slip something that you don't know about. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah like, that's like... <laughs> that's phantom, uh, phantom charges. Yeah, it's like, oh, are you, are, you, um, are you making a statement there? No, I've never done that. I've oh, I didn't mean you it. personally. I just meant... This isn't like things that yeah. Mark has done <laughs> at a club that, that are well, shocking. If, if that were to happen, this... We might have to burn this tape, but it's um. <laughs> this I, I've seen I've seen it happen before, not on purpose, but it happens more yeah. often than not because if it's a piece of paper, what kind of system is that? That's something literally from the 18th century. Like again, <laughs> someone could just absolutely mess the name up or spell the name wrong. Johnson yeah. with a T or Johnson without a T. It could be billed for the wrong name, and that's what a sixty dollars private lesson. Who knows? So mm-hmm. always check your statements. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off in a totally different direction, and I'll kick it over to you, Matt. Okay. Something that I think a lot of tennis members don't understand is the nature of being a tennis coach is financially really tricky. From the standpoint of when your coach is not physically on a mm-hmm. tennis court teaching a tennis lesson, he's not he or she is not being paid. Maybe mm-hmm. they get a like a small like salary for showing up and clocking in. But in my experience, it's usually minimum wage or yep. close to uh, minimum wage. So when they're sick, when their kid is sick, when they go on vacation, not being paid. And so it's uh, it's so much more of a grind than I think most members understand. Yeah. I think most members feel like they, because of the coach, if the coach is doing a good job, feel like they have this like 
relationship and camaraderie, and that's that's all great. You know, it's it's fantastic. But uh, when the coach like leaves and goes in his car, like there's no more income uh, to be had, and there's something I don't know. There's something about just being tied or, or like chained to the court where. If you have an injury, you know, God forbid, or anything like that, it's like, geez, like, basically, we work on commission. Yep. As tennis coaches, it's a sales job, one hundred percent. Yep. And so when you're when you're not closing, you're you're not bringing home the the bacon, uh, and that puts a lot of pressure on people. And it it's a, a treadmill that has to just keep getting run on until you get up a little bit higher in the hierarchy. That's a club, which is a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think a lot of members don't yeah. really fully understand, yeah. and yeah. they don't appreciate their coaches uh, the way they should um, as a result. Yeah, and, and I think to piggyback on that one is most coaches. So if you think if you're making X amount of dollars per hour because it's an hourly job, mm-hmm. and to grind out 40 hours plus is extremely tough on the body. And yep. yeah, you know, when you're younger – it's easier to do. But I think the other interesting thing, too, is at certain clubs is when you're coming in as a new pro, you're typically given between 15 and 20 set hours. And then it's basically figure it out. Mm-hmm. Find yeah. those other hours, private one. lessons, private groups, maybe stringing rackets. And here's the other kicker with a lot of these clubs. You have to maintain basically like a between a 32 and a 35-hour work week to get benefits. Yeah, if you get benefits. If you get benefits. So, and again, it's all an average, but that is tough. And we always, and the, the joke I always talk to my friends about, I love hearing this from either a head pro, a director, or the membership itself. Oh, this is an untapped gold mine. There's lessons everywhere. Like, that's Dude, just that's the most, every most cliche ever. every. Yeah. No, we haven't had any private lesson takers in 10 years because nobody's worked hard. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think that's the tough one is going into that mindset is really tough. You almost kind of have to develop your own business yes. within, oh, within the club. You are a business owner if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. No. And, and I just don't get the tax benefits. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really tricky is, you know, building up that clientele and then think about it. And again, if, if I went from the, the North, I'm in Illinois. If I went from the North shore and then I decided to go to the city and I built up this great clientele, my members aren't coming with me. I have to redo this whole mm-hmm. process again. Now, maybe I'm moving up into like a different role and, and maybe a little higher paying role, but it, it's a lot of it's starting all over and, and, yeah. that, and that's a grind and that's really hard. It is. And you're not going to see the benefits for both the quality of your kids getting better as ten or not kids, but your clients getting better mm-hmm. as tennis players well until maybe six months to 18 months of you after being at that club, because it takes time. It's a business. It's, it's an asset where you got to build up your own business and you got to build and establish relationships, and it, it's still probably traditionally word of mouth of how you get more private and group lessons. And really, really quickly, going back to the the benefits, you know, talk. Um, I remember the, the last job I had, four hundred one k healthcare, like feeling like holy crap, like I just hit the jackpot here, because it's not a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like a. Um, like in most like corporate, you know, America yeah. or a traditional job, you know, kind of space where it's just basically assumed like right. it comes uh, what's what is the benefit package? There's all kinds of 
hell, there's a lot of tennis coaches that aren't even employees. Yep. Uh, and they're just contractors yep. and just have to figure everything out 100% on their own. So depending on what kind of uh, club you're in, um, I mean, your coach might be completely on their own trying to figure out those types of things while being in that, you know, sales like um, commission type mm-hmm. uh, role is not, not an easy thing. And with, let's see, as you said, it, it's commission and I'll throw out some numbers there because it's not, it's definitely not my full-time job. I still only teach about um, one hour every other week at this local club in the Milwaukee area. I was more of like a family starting favorite. To, starting to build up a little uh, client book here on the ET club. I, I am, but <laughs> this is not a traditional club. Oh, sorry, am I not supposed to say that? What? No, it's, it's fine. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Fire a software engineer that's working one hour a week at a tennis club? I didn't know if the other club would be pissed if they knew you were teaching here or whatever. That's fine. We'll talk um, about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll talk. So <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an independent contractor mm-hmm. at this local small four-court tennis club. And they bill a private lesson for me, $80. I only get paid a quarter of that. Yep. Plus no benefits, even if I were to go full time. Seventy five percent. Plus fighting for court time at a four court tennis facility. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's pretty low. Yeah. It is very low, you gotta, by the way. You gotta, you gotta, 50% you to, is pretty standard, isn't you want, it? Yeah. I was like, do you want me to negotiate that for you? I no, used to do because that. I'm not because <laughs> after um my only student there um, you know, is done with tennis. Um got about four years left. Um why would I go back? Why don't you just bring him over here then? Oh yeah, yeah. Why location don't you bring him over here. Location. Oh, location. I got gotcha. you. Location. <laughs> but I, I like, uh, so I'm not I, taking a cut here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I I like to go there because some of my friends still work there. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're still there full time. And I say unfortunately because yes, there are some things I'm unhappy about. But I still go there just to check up on everybody. Yeah, I think the other one that, and I think people realize it, but maybe when I say it, it'll the. The ears will perk up a little bit. For the most part, remember, we coach when other people play. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, that's a, yeah, it's such a big one. So, yeah, you have a lot of the stuff, you know, the, I would say the traditional kind of breakdown is nine to noon. You have some groups in there. Then you try to fill noon to three with, which is a ghost town. Yeah, yeah. with, with any lesson you can. And then maybe your three to seven is juniors or other stuff. But, Holidays you work, weekends you work. And, evenings and, you work. Yeah, evenings you work. And you understand this because you're taking those lessons. But And and I think the other thing, too, is this is probably what a lot of people don't know. Most tennis coaches work six or seven days a week, mm-hmm. which I, I push back on this standard all the time. I've gotten nowhere with it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's something. And to be fair... That's a lot of the hospitality as yep. well, sure. which I think hospitality is going to take a big brunt on quality of people working there just because of that lifestyle in, in years to come. But, but yeah, six or seven days a week is, is, is really tough on, on the body. It's tough mentally um, with that. So I think that's the other hard thing to, as well is just the demand of, of schedule. Mm-hmm. What did you do to your phone? Holy crap. Oh, that's just a screen. Don't worry. Yeah, I know that's a no, screen. No, it's a screen protector. So oh. That's not the screen. Oh, it's not actually the screen? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Threw it. There for. Did you hear how much he's getting paid at that club? He threw it against <laughs> the floor. <laughs> yeah, there's another... Like, six or seven. I mean, your home life is... It, it's no. tough. Yeah. You got, got little kids at home? Yeah, having a, some kind of reliable time yeah. block to spend with your family yeah. is uh, is very, very difficult. 
that's the other thing that made me feel like, wow, like I really like made it at my last job. Uh, benefits plus I, I had a five day a week schedule. That's awesome. Oh, Monday through Friday. No, it was you had to uh, week, probably work a weekend yeah, day. Wh- what was it? It was Tuesday through Saturday. Okay, so it's still relatively right, right. But I was like, th- it was like jackpot. Like, <laughs> the, the idea of having two days off, uh, per, like in clean, like yeah. uh, completely off. That's like completely unheard of in the tennis uh, space. So yeah, stack all these things that you know we've talked about. Like you're just. Buy your, your coach a beer. Well, you probably can't buy him a beer. <laughs> Just, buy your buy your coach a Starbucks gift card or something. Like they're really they're really going out of their way in a lot of different ways to try to make this career yeah. you know happen. And it's so much harder than it looks like from the outside. From the outside, it's kind of your job to make it look like you're enjoying yourself and having Correct. fun, and yeah. like you always have to have energy and like a smile on your face. And that in and of itself, you know, is taxing. On top of all these requirements yeah. that come with most of these jobs. Well, and it was funny. So when I transitioned out of the business a couple of years ago, I was joking. So since I transitioned out of the business when I was 37, so from basically 18 years old to 37, I had never taken 4th of July off. Really? Because you're wor- we were working. Like all like... Because that's when everybody else has off. Yeah. So, so that's like your... When you- so it was, it was pretty funny. We, our neighbors always have this party. And I said to my wife, I'm like... I have this Friday off. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Like, I'm usually at a club. And she, my wife had to go into work because she's yep. still at a, you know, and, which was fine, not a big deal. But it was just, it was just different. And then same thing. I got three-day weekends because we had mm-hmm. Memorial. And it was, it was, it was weird to me because I never had those things before. Yep. Um, but, but I think that those are the, 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 you're always, the the building your clientele, you're only getting paid when you're on the court, mm-hmm. and the schedule are to me the three really challenging things about about this. So industry. it's not even the hours; it's literally the schedule that you're making a home point on. Yeah, I okay. mean it, it's 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 tough. I mean, and and here's the thing too. I guess this kind of ties in as well. So a great example: you're a software engineer. Yep. And and do you have t- standard hours like nine to five? Nine to five, it? except okay. for maybe once a quarter we have to deploy something okay. like to production. We have to make sure it's good to go. Okay. But but yes, but here's the thing: like as a coach, you have to be there mm-hmm. to be in front of the membership. Yeah. To make money. Even if you're not on the court. If you're not on the court. Now, if I said, if let's say 25th hour comes in, right, and that production is not uh, what you're releasing needs Correct. work, you probably can do it from home. Now, yes. it's not something you want to work on, and this is no knock on everybody else. Like, if you want to be successful in your job, you're going to have to typically put in hours outside of your nine to five, yep. whatever you want to say. That's just life. Mm-hmm. But is a difference with you could put your kids to bed and then grind out a couple hours. You can go home and mentally check out for a little bit and then put a couple hours. You can't do that in tennis. Yeah. I took a lot of naps in my car. <laughs> like in the middle of the day when like a lesson would cancel or something, I'd walk out to the parking lot, go to my car, put the seat all the way down, and just close my so eyes. So I did that now. too. In the summer, you need to be under a tree because otherwise you're just roasting. Like <laughs> a cookie little, yeah, in the that's oven. a little hot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, my my last job was uh, I was at the club twelve hours, like it was kind of the minimum. Um, minimum to, to beat the yeah. traffic. I a lot of times had a six a.m. Uh, private to start the day, and that's always fun. Dedication, huh? Uh, and again, to kind of beat the DC, tra- like I would book that on purpose yeah. because 
you you don't want to show up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, or else it's just going to take you an hour and a half you're, instead of forty-five minutes. You have to leave minutes. at the same time anyway. Right? Is it, exactly. Is DC that bad for oh, traffic? It's horrible. It's either number two or number three worst traffic yeah, in America. Really? I think Atlanta's one. I think DC's two. Could be wrong. And then New York and LA. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I would, yeah, I booked 6 a.m. lesson just so that I would go before traffic got super terrible. So I would just be there. And then you were mentioning the, so yeah, you're doing like your ladies groups, like in the morning, you got your kids stuff like mid to late afternoon. So back to five, you know, six o'clock again. And then maybe there's some kind of social thing, yep. potentially like a night uh, drill or social yep. something. Yeah. Team tennis or like something. And so, yeah, 12 hours was kind of the minimum. And a lot of times it's 14 hour days. So a little bit of a uh, elephant in the room on the weekends. I know where you're going now. There is a 75% chance your coach is either drunk, hungover, <laughs> or a little bit too happy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, real I'm talk, serious. I started like drinking because I'm an introvert. The amount of energy, the amount of yeah. like social energy, like it requires to just be on for that many hours. Yeah, I would come home and just be like strung out and just have to. It's like, how do I come, like <laughs> come down yeah. from this? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like your brain and like your face is like yeah. is like working you know all day but on the flip side of that the extroverted ones uh the extroverted tennis coaches that do it you know 25 plus hours a week they still want to have a social life so friday yeah. nights saturday nights yeah after they close up they're in the bars and, and they have I, a I, I feel like a lot of tennis coaches just drink a lot yeah, in general. yeah not I just so. because of what i oh, said man, i think it's like, like a highly yeah. social like uh sport it is it, yeah Period. i mean I, yeah I, I definitely uh 100 agree with with that so if you're listening to this um if you have a saturday lesson at 8 a.m ask what your coach did the night before just look at their eyes yeah just look at them just like they're, they're strung up beyond belief <laughs> that's why summer is the best you put sunglasses on yeah, nobody knows like, <laughs> got your bucket hat you got your sunglasses let's work on some serves today <laughs> kind of lean against the back fence for a while <laughs> serves are a must today let's talk about that is there an alcohol problem and uh and tennis i think there's just probably a generally a alcohol problem in general with most professions that in, in hospitality, I would say anyway. Hospitality, yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think so. I think more of it is, again, you're, you're always trying to please. Yep. That, that is the job, whether it's, you're trying to make somebody a better tennis player, you're trying to make them more positive self-esteem. Yep. You're kind of more of their life coach. Fix their problem. Yeah. With their billing I mean, or... you're, you're hearing about their, their, how their kids are a pain in the ass, how their, their marriage husband, problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so you're a therapist now without a license. Yeah. So and you get paid I, quarter. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's a lot of that. And I just think it's more of like, like you said, just need to unwind and, and have many oh, cocktails like, yeah. and felt like, like I that. had to, ingest a substance when I got home. <laughs> yeah. And it was like understood by my wife that we were not talking for like at least an hour after yeah, I walked in the door. Cause it's like, yeah, do not like, it was, I didn't, I don't know that I even had to say anything. It was just obvious that like, I was like in power down like mode and it takes a while. Yeah. And, and, and the, the interesting thing about the profession is you're getting hit by so many different angles, mm-hmm. right? It's not, you, you can't put out a solution that is going to please everybody. Correct. So you're putting out what you think is a solution, and then you're getting beat up by others. You brace for the complaints. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> I just can't mentally deal with this anymore. So, And it could even be everything, right? I mean, like you said, it, it all rolls downhill, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I made a decision, and Ian's the director, head pro, whatever title, 
And they don't like that decision. And they come bitching at Ian. And then Ian's like, Matt, you, what are you doing? Now I'm getting yelled at by like three different people. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and you think some, some jobs, right? You have clients that you might get beat up by and, you know, your boss. And that's all standard. But it just, it, it, it's hard because it's supposed to be fun. I think mm-hmm. that's the other caveat to this. Like, this is a sport for recreation yeah. and fun. And I don't think I've ever gotten a complaint about me because somebody wasn't getting better. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like the, you know, the focus, right, of if you're taking tennis lessons or whatever, you're getting better. It was it was other things like could be out of control, out of your control or whatnot. But it's like this has nothing to do with the purpose of what I'm coaching you on. Yeah. Let's talk about why tennis coaches get fired. Oof. Okay, so <laughs> it's, should, the, you, should we say the obvious unless one? You have, uh, no, were you going to go to something it, else? It was the top two that we talked about and that I think mm. every tennis pro subconsciously knows. Why don't you say it for them? Okay, so the, the number one. I think the biggest, I think I know what you're thinking. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I think this is very close. I, I'm curious what, yeah. what you think is the, the number one uh, contender. The one I was going to start with to just open the door and lay the groundwork <laughs> was uh, teaching members off premises at like Ooh. their private club, uh, their private court, like at their Ooh. house or local park, yep. so that they can pay you in cash for less than what they would get charged at the club. Yep. Mm-hmm. You get more money as the coach because you're not making freaking twenty five percent, man. Yeah, twenty five percent commission on whatever the lesson is. So it's like a it's like a win win. Until club finds out, and it's pr- pretty much automatic. Like you get You're fired, done. yeah. And even if you don't have a contract, and I would say only fifty percent of the indoor clubs I know have contracts for that in writing, they can still fire you because in most states, except for maybe Montana, you're an at will employee. Yeah, they could let you go for anything. How do you know that? I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it, and plus in tennis, frequently there's non compete. Uh, clause mm, yeah, if you yeah. did sign a contract and so you can't go work at another club within 50 mile radius Correct. of wherever you just got canned for getting greedy and teaching your, your client someplace else yep. yeah and so do so you think that's more or less common than what you were thinking I, well i think it was less common than what i was thinking <laughs> yeah, I, yeah okay. I was i was I, first thing i was going to say is sleeping with a member right ah, yeah yeah there you go there you go. Go. Let's, let's call it out was, right yeah, yeah. family and, feud number one yeah. and, and <laughs> it's pretty interesting because i've had a couple instances not not me, not me. <laughs> okay. suzanne no i've never been fired um also you've never been caught but, never been, yeah but i uh just recently i've known a couple in in uh, our area that have gotten the boot like friends of yours oh yeah for that reason, yeah, yeah. Oh man, wow. Um, but, we're talking about members or coworkers. Members? Uh, they were not. Yeah, they were sleeping with a member. Yeah. So wow. they were at. Why at, does it happen so much? I, I see. And this tennis. is this is the yeah. thing. Like I, I like hear it so many so, stories. Yeah. Like I've never been hit on, and I'm a well. I, di- I didn't have a beard then too, so I was oh, a pretty good looking cat. Yeah. I think, <laughs> and maybe it's the height. I don't get it, but. Um, I haven't either. It makes me yeah, feel any better. Like, what, what, I, what, I, I never, I never had the option. No, I just like. <laughs> And, yeah. There's a lot of these coaches though that are putting out the vibe. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's probably most of like the blame is like yeah. the coach. Like I can tell you some good stories offline about this too. Um, <laughs> what, what does it have to be offline? It, it yeah, we have to name any names. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but divert divert this a little bit. But I'll never forget Sus- uh, Suzanne and I were hitting at a park. This is probably about this is before our kids are born. So it's you know six seven years ago, uh-huh. and. 
this guy just kept looking. He was teaching a lesson. He kept looking over at Suzanne and I, and I was like, "What's up, man?" And finally, he's like, he was basically like, "I, he, I didn't know if he recognized myself or Suzanne." Like we crossed paths somehow, and he kind of recognized. Okay. And we, he worked at a club where we knew the director. Yep. And so we're like, "Oh, you know, we know mutual people, all that good stuff." So he teaches his lesson. Suzanne and I are playing. He gets done. He comes over. He's like, "Hey, man, can you uh, make sure you not bring this up?" And I'm like. All good, bud. I'm like, I, I know that world. Like, we're good. I'm not going to rat you out. But, I mean, he was genuinely concerned yeah. that I'd say, hey, I ran into so-and-so teaching a lesson at the park. Yep. And, oh, really? Who is he teaching? Exactly. In all honesty, um, that is a very big concern in almost all tennis pros I've ever met, especially with the pandemic where some of our in- mm-hmm. all of our indoor clubs got shut down. Well, how are they going to make money? Right. <clears throat> so if you're a tennis pro, I, I can't even think of the most hostile, most – toxic tennis pro ratting any other tennis pro out for doing that yeah i can't think of a single person i mean i'm sure it happens yeah but, but that that's a pretty yeah, underhanded yeah yeah, yeah you mean like on the same staff or like at a, a different club any club uh, i mean it wouldn't shock me but i i understand where you're yeah. where you're coming from because it happens like i mean we're technically not supposed to but it happens i'm not saying everybody does it but so you really think sleeping with members is that much more prevalent than the coaching offsite? Yes. Wow. Mm, yes. I like the I like the confidence yeah. there. <laughs> I would say it's more juicy, no pun intended. Yeah. But I think um, teaching offsite has more incentive because it's a monetary incentive. It depends on what you're incentivized. Yeah. By. Well, I mean, you can't pay the mortgage with. <laughs> well, and, and I guess for my example, I, I've heard some stories oh, actually oh, right? <laughs> where it becomes kind of like a sugar mama kind of uh, scenario. <laughs> You heard his, his stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely heard several stories like that. But where I, it becomes more than just like a. But I guess in my experience, I've never known anybody to get fired for teaching off site. Really? No. I've had people I've for get sure heard of it. In serious I mean, like, trouble. Yeah. Serious trouble, but never actually fired. Okay. But but at the same time, like. Sleeping around is definitely so auto. Yeah, that's auto, just like. like can't, done. Yeah. 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 Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like sometimes, like, Tennis pros can do whatever the hell they want, and they're never going to get fired, too. Like, certain, they never oh, show up for lessons. Yeah, yeah like, certain clubs. Yeah. What does this person need to do? To, nothing? Yeah. And, it, like, if you've been at a club for a long period yeah. of time, and you just have, like, deep connections with everybody who's important, then you can basically get away with anything. <laughs> do yeah. whatever you yeah. want. There's certain... And that's, in my opinion, that's not right, but it happens. And it happens in all kind yeah, of professions. Yeah, all professions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hospitality, especially, yeah. I'm sure. Um, let's see. Someone... And again, I got to be careful here. Um, but there, there was a, there was someone from a, a foreign country that spoke English pretty well, but grew up in a different culture, right in Europe. And it was a public class setting, and it was, um, I think, like a low JV, so like seventh grade through maybe sophomores in high school, depending on your level. And again, it was a group setting. There were a lot of people there. We just got done with the drill. And this individual, we'll call him David, went up to went, went I up like to, the fake no, name. No, no, David. Da- so David went up to a girl and said, "Hey, good job on that." Well, like touching her shoulder. Yep. How old and, is David? Uh, twenty two, twenty three. But again, it was a public group setting. Yeah. And Italian, or in this case, he's from Italy, so they do. <laughs> No, they they have a different culture. I, I know, but it, it's funny how you're trying to watch yeah. that line. It's narrowing like, down yeah. like very quickly. But he, the the dad freaked out in the stands or in the viewing area, and he got let go that that night. And it really? was in a that's a, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's ridiculous. 
But also, like you, you gotta understand. You gotta the, know your audience. The, the yeah, optic, yeah. like the optics of that. And I even, I think especially if, when you're like the golf pro or the tennis pro, I think there's already kind of this. Like, there's a stigma, sleazy yeah. like stigma about it, <laughs> like used you know, car salesman or something. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Not that that's a bad thing. But <laughs> so you you have to be even more like careful about your uh, social, you know, like the what's good and what's bad yeah and, and, and the social cues are even more important when you're in that kind of position yeah and and so have you guys ever watched uh it's on amazon red oaks i've, I've heard, heard of this it. but I, I haven't watched definitely it. watch it it's like based in the 70s or 80s it's, it's like everything club. we're talking yeah about. it's hilarious it's great i mean i've never been at a club where it, like we could drink tall hours of the the day but check that out highly recommend it but it's it kind of talks about the um you know the life of a of a country club star and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how accurate is it? Well, I mean, there's some scenes in there like, yep, heard of that. <laughs> uh, all right, so what's number? So what's number three? If uh, if sleeping around and uh, let's see. teaching off site are number one, number two. What's the third most common reason? why Honestly, I would say tennis coach. I don't fired? have. Actually, I don't even have anecdotal evidence for this, but I could definitely see it doing some sort of drug on site or to where it affects when you go to work. Whether it's alcohol. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's pro- it's definitely in the top 10. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So your performance slipping because of a certain substance. And I think more generally, I think what Matt said before, like just stop, like you just stop trying, like yeah. Just yeah. showing up late. Like I think that's probably like number three. Yeah, but it might be closely tied. Yeah. <laughs> it might be closely tied. They're not mutually exclusive. But, yeah, yeah, but it's it's really interesting because I, I would love to know what, what almost like actually the feedback. Is. What is three? Because I think part of it though too, there is a shortage of pros. So it's okay if I get rid of Ian, I got to replace him. I got to replace these fifteen this hours. Is a yeah. Good. Next like topic. where yeah. where am I going to get this person from? Especially if I'm paying. What Mark's getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and because of that, you can be a relatively sleazy, slack-ass <laughs> teaching pro and stay employed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, surprisingly easily. And I would say this is a big kind of secret in the tennis world. Not so much, you know, secret. Like, you can be terrible at your job and keep your job or just keep hopping around from area yep. to area. And once your reputation is bad enough in one area, yep. just go to another state. And, oh, I've been teaching for, you know, 10, that 15 is- years. Like... And there's not a lot of due diligence. You can get a job yeah. because of what Matt is saying. It's hard to find a good teaching pro. And so you can get hired relatively easily. Yeah. And if your club doesn't fire easily, you can just hang out and keep collecting a check for a while. Well, the beautiful thing is assuming there's enough resources. And by resources, I mean um, court court time, right? Open. And by the way, I hate to, I always hate, I feel, I always feel bad like saying disparaging things about like my own uh you know industry or people who are tennis coaches but but i think but, but is that is that it fair, is, but is that I, fair think, statement? I think the thing that i always like to make a point on this is it does not matter what profession you are in yeah. <laughs> there are great employees there are good and there are bad yeah and in would you say in tennis it's easier if you're a bad employee to stay employed though on average, uh, yes. The, 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 hate to sound judgmental, but I feel like the reason I will say yes on that is because it's a specific skill set. Okay, the so, social, like the personal yeah, skills, and, and you have to be able to 
at least coach a little bit and play tennis. But if you can right, talk the right. talk, you can you can kind of get correct. And and you think of like uh, so tennis to me is is like a trade, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were a plumber and you keep breaking pipes, you're 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 done, right? No one's going to keep. Doesn't matter how good of a talker. Yeah, you're it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> but as a tennis coach, if you can be a body and feed a couple balls and give a couple tips. You're right. You're somebody's going to give you that opportunity. So I'll come from the business side on this, right? Um, so I was in uh, business finance for quite a bit and became a sales guy. So we agreed. Everybody agrees. You'd have to be moronic not to agree that a tennis coach is a sales job. It's right. a commission based incentive, right? So you could be a scummy employee in any industry in a sales position, but as long as you bring money in, yeah, yeah. no questions asked because. Yeah. That's, That's feeding their bottom line. Yep. As long as it's nothing too egregious, like a huge sexual harassment filing or something completely drastic, as long as you're bringing in the money, you're good. Because if you don't bring the money in, you don't get paid. If right. you bring the money in, the company takes a cut of it, a big cut of it, and then you take a small portion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that, and kind of to go to that point, like, and I don't know what the average lifespan of a of a teaching pro is at at indoor <sighs> facilities. Forty five years old. Um, no, like how long <laughs> they stay at that club. Like the tenure. Yeah. But like if you look at, you know, when I was in recruiting, we were trying to recruit sales all the time. Like yep. a sales lifespan is usually like one to three years. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, they right. either get burnt out or they get a better, I mean, That's part of it is they keep getting percentage. that better offer, right? Yep. Um, hey, you, I know you're making $30 here. We can, in tennis, we can bump you up to 40 and we can kind of the same thing we can get you that 15 20 hours and start you on the i bet you teaching pros somewhere yeah i was gonna i was gonna say three to five but that might be a little high yeah i mean i and and if you look at my track record i only made it about three to five years at per club but the difference Mm. is i kept yeah getting higher jobs well that's how you get paid more money yeah businesses typically aren't going to give you anything more than two to five percent but i never had the goal though either of just being a 100% 100% teaching pro like, yeah. mentality-wise, I couldn't do that. Good for you. Yeah. Glad I, you're out I of the industry. <laughs> yeah. So I more props to uh, the pros out there that are yeah. doing it to mentally and physically grind it out every day. And back to what Ian said, you know, obviously we're very, being very, very, very critical of some tennis pros and some systems of influence, like, you know, the crappy systems in most tennis clubs. But in my opinion, if you're going to love an industry, which I know everybody here loves tennis. Mm-hmm. You can't just blindly say, oh, it's perfect. You need to be able to critique it in a very, yeah. very specific type of way. And there's nothing wrong with this type of conversation. <laughs> Sugar mama sleeping around. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not at all. I mean, it, it was it was interesting. So, I, I mean, I would love to hear uh, Ian's take on, on what I'm about to bring up is oh, since we went we to go. school together. So freshman year, well, so we'll call it my sophomore year because you were a freshman. So we have this thing called the PTM banquet, right? We have a bunch of alumni that are like, some are like big wigs in the industry. Some moved on doing other things. They were the <laughs> biggest degenerates I've ever ran into, right? So were they hitting on the Ferris State women's Probably. I, I, okay. I don't That's remember. A... I don't want to pigeonhole that. Yeah. They probably were. I mean, <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, and again, I was 19 years old at the time. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting because yeah. I was that degenerate when I went back for the banquet <laughs> um, years later. I was partying with the kids in the, the back in the table. House. Yeah, like when we went back and we did the banquet. Stuff, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was me. I was, were you I was a guest terrible. speaker at Ferris? Uh, yeah, I did like a couple workshops. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah, we, we put something together. But yeah, we were. I was doing shots with the kids and, and things like that. So 
Um, but I, I think it's pretty funny. I was like, whoa, like kind of what you said before, like the, the industry is just, it's a, it's a partying industry too. Yeah, it is. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that was, I very much felt like the odd, it's inter- it's kind of similar to like financially how I felt like the odd person out. Same thing like at Ferris, like you, I don't know how much you remember about me at Ferris. Like I didn't go to parties. Yeah. I didn't, you didn't, you didn't I didn't drink. Yeah. And so, uh, um, Again, I kind of felt like the odd yeah. person. And that's, you know, pretty normal like, college experience, I think, for regardless if you're a tennis player or not, is you go right. to parties and drink and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, right. Um, you think it's more so for tennis? Yeah. I'm thinking, like, Robbie Todd. And, yeah, like, I mean, it was it was just, it was it was out of control. And it, it wasn't, like, a bad thing. I mean, at the time, I was like, come on, guys, you're, like, 27 <laughs> years old, you're 40 years old, tone oh it down. God. But when I became that guy, I was like, I get it. Another <laughs> <laughs> round. Yeah, See, let's, let's do it again. Now you got me thinking about when I go back to Whitewater for these alumni parties, and I'm the 31-year-old, 32-year-old. Oh. So yeah, I partied I, up, Mark. I know, right? I have to tell this very quick story because <laughs> it's, 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 it's really degenerate and it's pretty funny. So when we went back to the banquet, same thing. So I can't remember what year it was, but I think at the time – both myself and Adam Boyce are directors of tennis now. So we're like the high point of yeah. where we are. And we started at the casino at 8 a.m. Mm. And we got to the banquet at like 7. So we've been drinking all day. So Eight, eight to 7? The casino is 45-minute drive yeah, away, by the way. His, like they, it, they're going, making yeah, a drive and, to start and, at the casino. And, and Adam's parents took us there. So we didn't <laughs> okay, drive or anything like that. Good. So anyway, so we're now been drinking. And we've been, we get back from the casino. We're just going to bars. And... Um, do you have somebody at four, four or five at five, five, right, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Mike. No. no, go ahead. Mike. Okay. So, and, um, so we, we get back and you remember how, when you won an award, you did a speech, right? Yeah. So someone gets up there <laughs> and this, we are so mean. So they weren't the greatest of speakers and every a student, you're talking about a student, a student yes. current student, current student, every other word was, um, Every single word. So Adam and I were betting how many ums over under. So it was like, let's call it like 10 or something. And we get to six and we're getting very loud because we have money on you this. You have like dollar bills back yes. there. <laughs> and, and we have our head down at one point. Suzanne's like, you have to stop. She was like embarrassed of us because we were just being so degenerate. Yeah. So that that's a little so bit of that so industry. T- tennis industry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for the, <laughs> sharing you per- the personal, insight, right? personal story. <laughs> Drugs, partying, and gambling, all in one story. Oh, don't yeah. forget, uh, he he didn't bring sex into it. Yeah, we didn't. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, that was later on and he <laughs> left it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I honestly think that in every single tennis club I've been at, if there's a new front desk uh, woman <laughs> that is just out of college or is like... A sophomore in college, every single pro that's not married is trying to get her number one way or another. That is an, I personally have seen that. I'm thinking in, back. In more than three clubs that I've worked at. I feel like where I was, the culture was kind of, is a little more yeah. straight laced than that. Yeah, yeah. Ours, ours was too. If you're in more of a commercial like type yeah. facility, I could totally see that. Yeah, it was commercial. Yeah, but but the one private club, I think, yeah, I think that, that one they put the kibosh on that kind of oh, stuff. Pretty no, cool. not that club. it doesn't, not that it doesn't no. happen, but it's not like out in the open, like a like a. But but I would say the one pushback to that though too is if for me and for instance, if I came from Ferris State yeah. and I moved to Chicago, I don't know anybody in Chicago, mm-hmm. and if I wasn't dating anybody yeah. and somebody started working at the club and like 
where else am I meeting people? Correct. So, and, and again, I, I get part of it, but I think it, it's just more of the, that's sometimes the outlet to meet friends and, and people like that. And you're there 14 hours a day, six days yeah, a week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah. I just, I, I take a little for bit sure. of the other side of no, it. For sure it happens. Yeah, no question. Well, anything we uh, have not put on the table yet? Um, anything else come, come to mind that's... Uh, just a severe amount of drugs I've seen in the back room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Like, I've right. never been a part of that wow. at any club I've ever You're gonna been You're going to have at. to tell me about this off, uh, off camera. Well, it's... Okay. I used to play a lot of poker uh, back room, like on a rainy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, we, I, oh, yeah. We would, we'd do that with members sometimes. There'd be some nice. dollar, oh, it was just, dollar bills floating yeah, around. Yeah, a couple everywhere. of different clubs I worked at. Yeah. There was a big like poker like betting uh, culture. Any kind of rain day is like, oh, everything yep. gets canceled. <laughs> Everybody immediately goes to <laughs> the, yeah. the back room and gets the chips out. Now, have, are you guys, have you guys ever been in that position where you're teaching a high schooler and then five or six years down the road, you see that high schooler that you used to teach at a bar because he or she is now of age. That is a weird, weird concept yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I ran when into I that. When I was 27, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I'm running right. into it more of just at the different clubs I've worked at throughout my time is kids are like one of the, one of the families at one of the clubs, uh, great family. The son just turned 21, and I'm like, 21 what just happened yeah yeah and, and right, that's yeah. that's more trippy and and when i when you was, had him as like a nine-year-old like, exactly and yeah. some rewinding back at my first uh i guess second club out of school like some of the people are getting married and it's like wait yeah. married you can't like you were eight when i taught you but mm-hmm. i mean yeah that, that that's pretty weird for sure but uh, other things that, that i can't really think of anything I think I'm out personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coaches are human beings too, so they have their vices. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. This is another one where I'm kind of curious to hear the audience, the audience feedback. Uh, Hopefully, we didn't just like tank the tennis industry for the, <laughs> yeah, the next like ten years. How many season this this orders do you think we're going to get now? <laughs> but this is the thing. This is part of like I, I mentioned it. Like when we did like kind of the reboot, like introduction of you guys. This, this is why I, I kind of love this this show is none of us have normal tennis jobs right. and we're free to just talk yeah. about this stuff. Where else do you, in a public setting, do you hear this stuff getting talked about ever? No, it, and it doesn't. And I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because I think it's obviously talked amongst the pros. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, of the positives. It's urban the legends. About, yeah. <laughs> about but I mean, coaches. you can't, I mean, it, it's interesting because it, it, the world we grew up in too of the private club scene is, is much different than the, the public facility. Because yep. I, I remember... When I was at South Barrington Club, like I would have a couple beers with some members, even at the club. I did it a couple times at a couple of the different private clubs I worked at as well. But I remember one of my bosses one time, we were playing a paddle match and we were drinking beers. And he's like, Matt, you, you got to watch what you say. And I didn't say anything. Like, And he was just more of the, as I'm drinking more, don't yeah. let your tongue slip about, <laughs> you know, Ian, oh, he's such a pain in the ass or yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm smart enough not to do that. But... At the same time, you, you think like... It's good to remind yourself. Yeah, though that one small thing you can say, like you always have to be on. Could always yep. be the first domino. 100%. You always have to be on of what you're confiding in somebody. And and that's where I think the hardest thing is in in the, the club setting, it's it's pretty lonely. Like you mm-hmm. have your, your pros you can 
kind of vent about, but you don't have that like extra layer of support where you can't go to another member and be like, oh, somebody's being, yeah, think, yeah. somebody's being unreasonable. Oh, really? Then they go tell you. Know, it, it's just not that way. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So we could have our own little therapy session as yep. former yeah, tennis pros. Yeah, the coaches pros. who watch this are going to be ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for, for like talking about it. It's going to be therapeutic for, for coaches, but hopefully we didn't turn off a lot so, of members. So you know what? Gosh, can we get like in the feed or in, you know, I know we put this on your yeah. YouTube channel, but how can we give like an anonymous feed so, for like the uh, best line. stories? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear like some so, crazy tennis pro stories for out there. those of you guys out there um, <laughs> that are watching this on my YouTube video, send me an email. I will leave my email down in the link in the description below and I I, will, I promise I will remain your information, the club you worked at, or what you know, part of the U.S. or <laughs> the world you're in, anonymous. Because I want to hear. Say these you're stories. Italian, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or your social security number, where you work, and so I guess in conclusion, um, tennis pros are all uh, drug users to some extent <laughs> and um, have hormones raging through them. <laughs> But it kind of comes with the territory. (laughs) You got to cope. There's like coping mechanisms. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) All right. I got to find a lawyer now. (laughs) We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.